Yeah, for sure. So for me, I was I was looking at, um, you know, I wasn't really looking for a job when, when they reached out, but um, started researching the company. And it was really the mission and the globe, the chance to make a global impact. So um, I've worked for, had the opportunity to work for plenty of great companies, but this one was really, um, you know, focused on, on making a global impact and tackling a big problem. Uh, so that was terrific. And then I talked to, you know, a few of the people here I had the chance to work with in the past and they kind of um, drew me in. And, and what I've started doing as I've uh, grown in my career is actually interviewing some customers or asking to interview some customers of the companies um, that I've worked for the past couple of ones. And um, it, it just really, customers seem to rave about the, the product and the company and the people and the support that they were getting from from the safety culture team. So when I did that, um, it just really came through that, uh, you know, is a, a great place to be and the customers truly love the product and that's not something you, you know, you see every day. So I think those were the, the biggest draws for me. Can you expand a little bit on the problem that you, that safety culture is solving for? What was it about the problem that you thought was interesting or worthwhile to apply years of your life towards solving? Yeah, for sure. So um, our company actually started with uh, with Luke Nier, our CEO, was a private investigator, um, and he would go uh, and essentially investigate workplace incidents after they happened um, to make sure that people weren't you know lying or that they were actually hurt on the job. Uh, and he really saw the fallout from that. He saw a couple you know um, people that were you know either really injured or, or even deaths on the job, and he was like, man, we're we're really on the wrong side of this thing. Um, so he went back and, and kind of where the company originated was from a, just a checklist application. Um, so a simple, you know, uh, checklist application that can, people can go through before they, um, you know, get on a roof or do an electrical job or whatever it may be. And that's kind of really where the company originated was making sure that people were going home safely at the end of each day. Um, and I came from a healthcare background where I did, you know, um, sales and marketing for both large enterprise uh, healthcare systems and things like that. So had a little bit of that impact, but a little different, but I think the, the product um, and speaking to the customers, you know, really just, they kind of really elevated that and said, you know, you, you know, we've, we've definitely saved lives on this job by using, you know, using your products and stuff like that. And I thought the chance to, um, you know, be in marketing and get that out to more people um, was a, a great opportunity that, you know, just, you know, may not come along um, every so often. So when you're in conversations with potential customers or current customers, have you seen the conversation evolve over time? Um, is there any new needs or is there, are they more receptive or less receptive to it than they used to be? Yep. Yeah, sure. It's, it's definitely, I think it's always changing, which is great. And um, in the nature of our business, you know, it's uh, we're very industry agnostic. So we, we play well in various industries. Obviously there's somewhere, you know, there's higher risk um, involved in construction or manufacturing, those sorts of things. But, um, you know, even with the pandemic, we've kind of scaled out to, um, you know, businesses that are just looking to improve their operations. So that's really where we're looking to go in the future is, you know, moving on from more of this checklist application um, to an operations platform. And I think that's where we've seen the biggest shift in our customers asking for, um, you know, one solution that will do everything um, from an operations perspective to, you know, help them get better each day, even if it's just a little bit um, incrementally better is what we've really seen from our customers and what they're, what they're asking of our products and what they could do. Yeah, that seems to make sense because keeping people safe is sort of job number one. That's your, hopefully you would think of as table stakes, right? Like let's at a minimum do that. And so this is sort of that layer on top, which is everybody's safe. Now, what do we need to do just to be operationally effective, efficient, all that type of thing. That's sort of the next, did the customers ask for that? Or did your team just say, oh, I think that's next. 
I, yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. I think we we do do a really good job of of listening to our customers, and um, they're kind of at the one of our company values is uh, put the customer at the heart of everything you do. So um, we're constantly, you know, in talks with them, with focus groups, and whatever it may be. But um, I think we kind of uh, saw that, and that was something in Luke's vision was to eventually, um, you know, take it beyond just the you know inspections and checks and checklists and that sort of thing, and move on to um, you know training and IoT and you know that that different thing so you can bring everything full circle do you think in the in the future you will sell the full package do you think safety will be sort of the foot in the door and then the full package will be more of an expansion opportunity how are you how are you thinking about that yeah, for sure. So um, it's, it's pretty it's an interesting model. Um, you know, it's it's a we're a product led growth company. So I think there's only you know three percent of companies in the world that are considered product led growth. So it's pretty unique, and we get a lot of people downloading the app, trying to use it, trying to activate in the application. So um, you know, hopefully, it's a, a land and expand model where they can get in, do something in their business, start seeing some initial success. And then, you know, spread that out to the rest of their organization. Um, so one thing we're working through now is we have, you know, a couple different products that we're integrating into this one system. Um, so I think in the future where we'll go is, is selling out, you know, one platform that that does everything. And what we will really want to do is pack in value, um, but we don't want to charge for that value and, you know, up our prices all the time um, being a product led growth company. So the more value that we could get into um, the application, the better for, for all of our customers. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where we see it. Yeah. Part of like growth is super interesting. What, how are there certain um, differences that you see uh, operating in a product led growth model versus other models that you've done in your past at other brands? Yep. Yeah, for sure. So I think the the biggest one is um, you know this the sheer volume of leads. So we've always you know where I've worked in the past where we're we're pushing an enterprise sale and um, you know looking at our ROI for leads and stuff like that. We're really we get you know fifteen to twenty thousand app downloads a month, and those are essentially the people that that we're marketing to. Um, but for us, it's really about surfacing those those best people to the sales team. So of that, we only surface you know thirty to forty percent to the to the sales folks. And the product's so large is we can't uh, you know we can't have all of our our sales and customer success folks talking to every customer. So identifying those thresholds to where we can chat with you know the right people at the right times, and then hopefully you know work with the product marketing team and the product team to continually develop the product in a sense to where people can get value to a certain point, and then once they realize like hey, Hey, this can you know actually be applicable in multiple areas of the business. Um, then maybe it's time for them to to create a hand raiser and then to reach out to us to where we can help. Are the indicators of somebody who's using who's trying who's basically kicking the tires on the product for the first time? Yep. Um, there's there's some obvious indicators that you're going to look for like usage and how often and frequency, all those types of things. Sure. Are there any indicators that are maybe uh, surprising to you that that's a, that's an indicator of potential customer or is it kind of the standard mix? Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the standard mix. Um, I'd say a lot of what we pay attention though happens in the first, you know, three days of them downloading it. If we can, you know, have them download the product and we have a couple different ways of trying to get them activated, but if they can conduct an inspection, if they can conduct a, you know, um, build an inspection or share it with somebody in their company to do something, um, those are some really good, good hooks for us. So, you know, that's what we try and, 
try and drive people to do. Um, but we're constantly looking to see, you know, how we can get them to use multiple products or um, looking at monthly active users and, and kind of what's what's drawing that usage. And then something that's really worked well for us as well is layering in um, demographics and firmographics information. Uh, so, you know, what company are they in? What's the company's size? What's their job title? Um, what industry are they in? That sort of thing. And that can allow us to say, okay, you know, let's push them down a, a little bit different of a path than, um, you know, they may have gone down if we didn't know that. So if we know that, that definitely helps. Yeah, that's interesting. So you've been doing this for a little bit. Um, safety culture has grown significantly. Are there, are there things in the past that you look back from a sales and marketing standpoint, growth standpoint, and you'd say, that was a tough one. Or, I'm glad we're on the other side of it. Like we didn't know exactly how we're going to get through yep. that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sure you got more, a couple of yeah. those. Yeah, for sure. I think the one that comes to mind the most is um, you know creating an MQL funnel from from the product led growth model. So the the PLG is is terrific, and it's you know constantly you know has organic growth in the background and gets us tons of leads and tons of, of people to talk to. But um, you know typically from the ground up, so it's a, a land and expand type of model. Um, and in order to to grow the business as fast as possible, you know we wanted to stand up a, a different type of funnel. So you know the, the traditional MQL funnel, so to say. Um, so we you know we've started layering in things to go after, you know, higher level people in an organization, director level and above, you know, that sort of thing to, you know, do content syndication programs, trade media, trade shows, some of the, you know, I don't know if traditional marketing is the right word, but some of that stuff. And, and that's just been um, a different motion for us. So it's a different conversation for our, our BDRs and our sales team. And, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, we want to map the right the right fit of that. We, we don't want to become a, a sales-led company. Um, so we always want that, that PLG model to be the first one. But, you know, there's some some things that we can do to, if, if we get both of those models working on the right level and essentially have two different funnels, then um, it can just, you know, expand the business and, and we could grow a little bit more rapidly. Are there any uh, tactics or channels that you have used over the past few years where you were surprised at the results and you would say, you know, I underestimated this. I didn't, I didn't think this would go this way and it, it really took off anything that comes to mind there um yeah i'd say uh you know trade shows and events have actually been pretty good for us the last two years we kind of um you know we're, we're early probably a little bit and getting customers back face to face pretty small gatherings that sort of thing um but there's there's still just something about getting customers in a room with like-minded professionals that can you know bounce ideas off each other learn from each other that sort of thing so those just little focus groups round tables um, you know, we traveled a lot around to different cities a little bit and, and got out there, um, did some small events in KC to get people just into our office um, and not necessarily do a, a big customer conference, but, um, you know, get a few people in. And I think those still just just work really well. And we were pretty skeptical, skeptical about how, you know, how that we were received, if people would actually come. Um, in some cases, we were still wearing masks when we did that. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a you know. Um, I bet that we placed that that seemed to work work pretty well at the time and it's still going. So you've been doing this for a little bit. What are is there something where you would say like that was that was super rewarding? Um, you know, got feedback from customers or what would you say has probably been the most rewarding aspect at safety culture for you? 
Yeah, for sure. I think it's the, it's just definitely hearing from the customers. So I think that's one thing we we do really well here um, that maybe I, I didn't do so much in the past at another marketing roles is really get in front of our customers and just talk with them about, hey, how are you using the product? You know, what's working well, what's not working? Uh, this is our product roadmap. We're, we're pretty open with it. Um, whereas other organizations I've been at haven't been necessarily. Um, so, um, you know, we share with them, we get feedback and those, those, uh, that feedback from them is, is just invaluable and in, in where we take it and what we do next and, um, you know, evaluating, uh, the tech that we create and kind of the next steps uh, for us. So, um, I'd say for, you know, a lot of marketers, it's really hard to find time to, you know, go out and interview customers or go to a customer site and spend a couple days, um, with them, but uh, some of that stuff has just been invaluable uh, to take because it's just knowledge that you don't, you know, you don't hear every day. So, completely agree. Why do you think people don't share their product roadmap with their customers? Do you think it's because they deem it as proprietary or it's their thing or they don't want them to know? What do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, th- I think in some cases it's you know it's proprietary or maybe it's uh, maybe they don't want their competitors to see it or um, things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think there's it's probably a variety of reasons, but um, you know, one of our values is, is open, honest, always. So we, we do that internally and with our customers. And, um, you know, if, if the customer is in right fit, it's, it's a tough to do, but we've, we know we've actually turned down a few RFPs and, you know, things like that. It's just like, Hey, we, we don't think this is going to work. You know, it's not going to work the way you need it to work. So, um, you know, in that case, in some cases that, that helps as well. And a, a couple of those customers have come back in the long run and say, you know, we, we know it's not going to be exactly like we want, but it's, it's the closest we can get. And, you know, it's yeah. still, makes your business better. So, well, I think it's really smart. And I have a feeling that you're unusual in the regard where you're sharing the product roadmap with your customers. It seems yep. almost common sense, but it, it isn't. And it's, yeah, it is it's uncommon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we do the same thing. We're not in the, we're not building software, but with, even with our services, we, we bug our clients all the time. Hey, we're thinking about changing it to this. What do you think about that? Or which yep. would you rather have this or that? Because the feedback is so valuable. Like yeah. why why make an assumption and not learn that it's wrong until a year later, you know? Right. Yep. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, do, is there a frequency to that or is it just kind of organically kind of always going on? Like how do you approach that? Yeah, for sure. It's it's always going on. Um, but typically when we have events and things like that and we get customers in-house, we'll we'll do that at those and you know, do some customer interviews and things like that. Um, you know, it also helps with identifying from a marketing perspective, you know, hey, these these folks may be really good for a case study in the future, or if we get this correct, you know, this may be a good customer story to tell, you know, later on or have them present it for you in a in a webinar or a speaking engagement or something like that. So um, there is some some benefits to it from a marketing perspective as well, because those are always seem like they're hard to come by and, you know, it's, it's tough to get customers to, to commit to some of that stuff. So um, yeah, that always helps. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll have the product team go out and do interviews or surveys every so often, you know, with the application. And, and I think they, I think they do it quarterly uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and then yeah, sounds like it's encouraging. Sounds like it's always going on. Too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great. That's the way it should be. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you look uh out a year or two on the horizon? Are there things that you're looking forward to or you're um, hoping to get to? I mean, what what's what's next for you? Yeah, for sure. I think we're, um, you know, we're still trying to tackle some of the speed to speed to value. So making people, making sure people and customers are able to 
to get value from the application. So, uh, you know, we have a free version of the product, which um, people can use forever as long as they're, you know, within certain thresholds. And there's obviously some limitations on, on the features for us. It's analytics and onboarding and some of the, the stuff you would get with a customer success rep. Um, but uh, just finding different ways to create value very early on in a customer journey can be, can be super important, um, especially for a product-led growth business. And then for us, I think the other side of it is, is you know, layering on some of the other things that that other companies are already doing that may be a little bit ahead of us. Um, you know, maybe it's account-based marketing, uh, some of that stuff, making sure, you know, customers are, are getting the right information at the right time. Um, and the content's good for, for what they're needing at that moment as well. So I think we need to uh, do a little better on the pers personalization front and we'll, we'll kind of look to tackle that uh, over the next year or so.